All right, here we go. It is podcasting time. We've got Glenn Power joining us from PowerWorks Automotive, which means we are talking cars and tires and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the typical. What's going on? The typical. There's lots going on, and and you know what's going on in the shop, and the list oh. goes on and on and on. So Let's talk about the guy who's doing. Well, it's always nice. People, it, it, people like to know what's going on in the garage. Well, the, you see, I don't mind what's going on in the garage. It's just that the last few weeks, me and DJ have been trying to sort of, you know, the old bull by the horns uh-huh. phrase. Uh-huh. And um, couldn't record last week because yeah, we sort of looked at each other while we were going through the, the worksheet and we were like, we have got nobody that can do that job. And um, that's a problem, isn't it? When, you, when you've got a garage and you've got, you know, you've got what, four lifts, five lifts, you've got cars on, on the ground. You've got people who are bringing stuff in, in a, in a sense, you got your bread and butter, oil changes, tires yeah. and that kind of stuff. And then you've got the crazy stuff that, that walks in the door and you've got X number of technicians yeah. who can do jobs. And then you're looking at some crazy thing that comes in and you're realizing, yeah, I'm the guy who's got to do this job. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, the whole idea with PowerWorks originally was that, that me and DJ were going to do the bread and butter stuff, the things that the attention to detail really matters on. Yeah. So, you know from owning the Wranglers, if you take your Wrangler for a service, <laughs> okay, if you take it, when you take it for the sort of regular oil change at the petrol station, you physically see them change the oil. Yeah. But most people don't actually see that. So when you take your car, and the Wrangler doesn't have a service light on it. So how do you know it's been serviced? Right. You you pay money and get a piece of paper as an invoice. Otherwise, you have no idea. Mm. Right? There's okay. nothing. So the idea was that, that me and DJ would take the service work. We would, we would do the service work, make sure the inspection was therefore done properly to the standard that we were trained to, make sure that the service was done and nothing was missed, and that anything extra or required as part of the regular maintenance was explained to the customer right. directly. Yeah, so, yeah. But as phones, it should be. Videos, pictures on the job at the time and get instant approvals or answer questions instantly that the customer might have. That was the idea. Now, obviously, thankfully, <laughs> in some regards, we got well supported from the start and we just got overwhelmed. And then there was absolutely no possible way that we could do that. Mm. Now we've settled down a little bit We've got a good team in place. We've had such a high staff turnover, which but, is another which is another problem, isn't it? A, we had COVID, and, yeah. and that caused people to reassess their living. Yeah, and you just get people who decide, you know, look, I don't want to work here anymore, or I don't want to work in this trade. I mean, in, in your case, you get people who just leave the trade. We we I had a conversation with a really really good parts guy who was going to come and work for us. Uh, he was from India, and he literally. The, paraphrasing a little bit but he said to me well in my home there's a big pharmaceutical plant and I can get three times what I'm getting here yeah. there because they're making masks and yeah, yeah. And, 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 con- and consumable equipment for healthcare because of the whole COVID thing right so he went back to his hometown <laughs> to earn three times more money like it's a no brainer of course he did yeah, you yeah. know so a lot of skill that had been here for a long time and that was more importantly than qualified experienced left so we've turned over quite a lot of staff to 
get to where we've gotten to. But now that's allowed us now to sort of take a step back, see how things are going. Yeah. Now we kind of, I'm back on to dirty fingernails again and okay. it's, you know, good. So we've had a few situations where, right, okay, that car's got to go today. The parts have come a day late. The customer's a pilot. We've not been able to get hold of him. There's 18 hours worth of work on it. We've got 10 oh, hours to do it. Oh, man. We've got nobody to do it. We're yeah. going to have to do it. It was a Q5. We knew what we were doing. We were going to get it done. We managed to get it done. We got it done quickly. But those sort of things completely throw the rest of the day off. Because when yeah. I go back to my phone and there's 30-odd WhatsApp conversations with a message that I haven't read in there. Yeah. <laughs> by the time you're down to the fifth reply, yeah. the first person's replied again. So it's real difficult to to manage sometimes but extra spanner in the works has been the fact that finally after about two years we managed to finish my S6 okay so that's like Ooh, on the road nice is, is it here today is it in the parking lot no okay we'll get to that <laughs> so <laughs> the S6 has three heat exchangers of course it does uh, two <laughs> for uh, engine one for the transmission yeah so explain what a heat exchanger is, because, you know, except for Joey Woo Woo, there's probably yeah, half a dozen Yeah, it kind of does what it says it does. It exchanges heat, so you get heat from oil and heat. Okay. That that heat from the oil is, is, is transferred into the heat, fr- in, into the coolant, sorry, and then so, taken away and yeah, so close to the radiator. Yeah, cools um, everything down. Now, the one for the transmission. So this is the Lamborghini one. This is the 5.2 V10. So everything's a little bit extra of course. The one for the transmission is 5,000 dirhams. No, no. Not available. <laughs> so Can you refurb it? Is it an easy? Nah, no, 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 no. So it's, it's, it's not even like connected with pipes. It's bolted on to a flange basically on the side of the engine. <laughs> so you need the so specific So it has to be piece. there. So what we did was we looped the coolant out of it uh-huh. and then we just accepted that, well, if there is an internal leak, as long as that's blocked off, that's fine. We'll just loop the oil to go in and then back out and back through it again. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, but it starts to get warm now. Uh-oh. And I'd sort of forgotten about it with everything that's been going on. Then yesterday, gearbox overheats. I've got no drive. <sighs> so it's like, no, we're in a problem here. So got to put an air cooled. I'm not spending that much money on it. <laughs> You're not right. going to spend the five grand? No, because I haven't got it. Yeah. I haven't got 5,000 anything. Yeah. So, which is which is part. Of, we'll get back to that, but which is part of the dilemma that most people have when yeah. you know the oil change. You know, yeah, you can do that. The basic stuff, but if something big goes, you which don't is, expect you're you're done for. Yeah, well, I'm done for big time. Yeah, like so. The solution at the moment is I bought a oil an an air cooled oil cooler. So you'll probably have one on the front of the Wrangler. I can't remember, but most yeah, you know have what? had the extra you know oil yeah. cooler put on because those I transmissions overheat yeah, big I, time. I do have one. So, I managed to buy one of those 200 dirhams. Okay. Nice. Nowhere to put it. Because <laughs> there's no space in the engine bay. There's no space under the engine. There's no anywhere. <laughs> so, where'd you put it? So, we're just rooting like some hoses and making them have to fabricate brackets. And then now I've got to run a switch for a fan because I can't get oh. the airflow because oh. I can't put it anywhere where there's airflow. Just like Joey Wu used oh, to have on his powder blue rabbit. Yes. He had a little switch. Yeah. But the bumper doesn't come off because the brackets were broke, so that's screwed on and then painted over the top till I can find a new bumper. Oh no! So that's been a a real. So um, this is this vehicle is a labor of love, is what you're telling me. Look, at the end of the day, a hundred percent. If I'd have stayed in the UK, I'd have never been in a position 
Yeah. Nor would I have probably have had the inclination to have bought one. Right. It's a 5.2 litre V10, 2007. It's just not Beautiful. something I would have bought, right? Yeah, but yeah. in 15 years' time, it might be worth something. Right. Because they ain't making cars like that anymore. Yeah. And, and at least, at least you have the ability to tinker around with it. Well, in, yeah. In your operation. I mean, it's mine and DJ's wheelhouse, so to speak, yeah. and we know what we're doing with it. It's just a matter of finding the time to do it. Yeah. And then you get somewhere, you think you've done it. Yeah. The blower motor was going, oh. and then if you put it on seven, it wouldn't squeak, but yeah. it'd go. <laughs> so that's a pain of a job as well. So that that yeah. took like three hours, oh, it's a, yeah. and you just you just lose track of the day and you yeah. get get stuck. But it's just a bit. February was a busy month, and 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 March has continued in that vein. And obviously, we've got. Ramadan coming here. Oh yeah, it's all it's all um, kicking in. So the next time, you know, the next time we're into a new month, it's going to be Ramadan, which l- limits our hours. Uh, customers are always understanding of that and appreciative of of the laws and respecting the culture and the and the traditions and everything else that go with it. But it does add, yeah, just another layer of complexity to a to a yeah. job that's already complicated enough. So just little things at the minute that we're trying to do attention to details just basically i mean we've written it on the wall Mm. like literally written on the wall attention to detail on every ramp because things like so me and dj got back on the service train so we're doing the services and we're doing them together and we're doing them really quickly and we're doing them efficiently making the most of the training we've been lucky enough to have i guess is the way to look at it but opening the bonnet and taking a picture of the engine bay before you touch anything getting to the back of the car most cars now have even if they're functional or not and that's another thing that annoys me but they have tailpipes right. chrome or black tailpipes yeah, yeah. taking a picture of the back of the car and then when we're doing the service cleaning the engine bay yeah, yeah. and trying to explain to our technicians why we do that and just getting looked at as though as we're from job. another planet yeah. like what are you talking about why do I clean that it's an engine bay it's going to get dirty yeah but that's not the point you do your job properly, you clean up after yourself and it needs to be cleaner than when you first went there. Yeah. Cleaning somebody's tail, nobody cleans tailpipes. You take your car to a car wash every week, your tailpipes will get black from carbon deposits. Just polishing them up. Yeah. It doesn't take long. No. 30 seconds each one and it's done. I had to send you a video of doing yeah. a golf one because I was like, yeah. you know, this is just how it is and the guy's just looking at you as though, but you, you know, when the person picks up that vehicle, first thing they do, they take a quick walk around, they notice, Oh, they open up the hood. little differences that they might not yeah. even over even they actually notice, they notice, notice something but it's just, something yeah they don't realize what it is until they they notice it after a while it's like oh so yeah. one of the technicians that so me and DJ work on ramp number one of course we do one of the technicians that was working on ramp number two came across to me and said I was working on a car and he said this it was a it was a three point two um, single head V six okay. BW EOS okay and he said the it was in for slow starting. Now, on those vehicles, they have... What do you mean slow starting? It was just... Uh, really uh, slow. Uh. As though the battery's dying. Okay. Now, those vehicles have two 6-volt batteries connected to make a 12-volt circuit because... <laughs> of course they do. Because there's nowhere to put a battery. There's no space in the boot so, because there's... So, where do they put them? So, there's two small uh, spiral AGM 6-volt batteries right up against the back bulkhead where the back seats are. <laughs> of course. Now, just to make things a bit more fun, a bit more spicy... In the event of an accident, mm-hmm. because of where they are, mm-hmm. there's a pyrotechnic connector mm-hmm. on the cable. So if the vehicle rolls, it blows the circuit so there's no electrical 
chance and they go of an flying out shot. of the top like an ejection it'd be good if they did it'd be much better if they did but no it just just breaks the circuit it's, it's basically okay. just if it okay. rolls over Smart. it breaks the circuit that's a good idea so I'm always very sensitive about yeah technicians looking at them because they weren't trained like I was on that specific vehicle so I can say to them okay so first thing was the batteries are no good sir I'm afraid to say I think you've tested them wrong but let's go and see they tested them as 12 volt batteries because of mm-hmm. course they have yeah. right yeah. when have they ever done 6 volt it's not 1940 yeah. so I saw them explained it okay go through look they're both fine this will be the starter motor and normally on that engine the thermostat housing leaks and it leaks on top of the starter oh motor. no like, what, what kind of design in? is that it's, a, it's the same Porsche have the same issue with a water pipe from the pump <laughs> The start mode's at the top of the engine on the back Isn't and it runs good. down. That's just crazy. So many cars have the same issue. Nissan's. Yeah. Just the way it is. So, yes, sir, I think it's leaking water. I said, well, actually, I know it isn't <laughs> because the coolant level's okay and we've already yeah. pressure tested this car. Yeah. Well, I can see the coolant residue. Mm. And I then said to him, look, I know the lady whose car it is. We've looked after this car for years. That repair was carried out last time. What's happened is the technician that's done the repair hasn't cleaned mm-hmm. after himself. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's probably, had I not been there, created an issue then for the customer. Because right. what would have potentially happened is I wouldn't have been there to see that. The technician would have said there's a leak mark. It's leaked onto the starter motor. So okay. we need to repair the starter motor and we need to fix the thermostat housing. They'd have put the report through. <sighs> that's a lot of money. The foreman would have priced it up. The service advisor would have said to the customer, you need to change your thermostat housing. The thermostat housing is leaking onto the start motor. And the customer would have said, let me just flip through my invoices here. Hang on a minute. You changed that last time. Yeah. So why are you charging me again? Yeah. Then the customer's not happy. Exactly. Because we didn't clean up after ourselves. And if we'd have done the job properly and cleaned up, we wouldn't have ever... Now, fortunately, I was there. Yeah. And potentially... At one step, the foreman or the service advisor, it might have been caught there and said, no, no, go back and check because we've already done it. But these things, that that is literally a problem that arose because nobody cleaned up after themselves. There was no attention to detail. And we're not, me and DJ aren't in the business of rushing technicians to get their job done quickly. Hmm. We'll pressure the technicians to do the job properly. There's never a time constraint. So you're paying by the hour, not by the job. Well, basically, we're paying on quality. Okay. The customers are only going to pay us on quality, and we will only, you know, yeah. that's all we want to do. So we're not going to rush a job. If 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 we think a job's going to take us five hours, and we're going to charge five hours, we're going to tell the customer it should be a five-hour job. As you can clearly see from your estimate, there's a five-hour yeah. charge on there. But we may have a bolt break, or there may be a part that comes wrong, or there might be an issue with the ramp. There right. could be a power cut there could yeah. be anything that could go wrong so please plan for the whole day without the car yeah for these reasons but simple things like cleaning up after yourself make a massive difference so it isn't always just about cleaning the engine bay to make it look nice it's setting a standard and giving them giving a habit i've done this job i'm going to clean it yeah fix that oil leak i'm going to clean it and these are very important details that sometimes get lost in the whole just the rat race of just quick get this car in get this car out and and it's the wrong way to do it interesting i mean i think that's it's an interesting point because so many times you've got you've got different garages and it's in different parts of the world operating differently you've got people who are being paid by the job 
And so a five hour job, if I can get the job done in three hours, I'm going to make X, Y, Z more or people getting paid by the hour, which changes again, the way they're doing things. And, and it's, it's just becomes an interesting phenomenon with the repair and and what people do. And, you know, I, I just want my car fixed well. Yeah. And you know, like the person who's fixing it, like it's their own. That's all I want. Some, some people will, will, will base their garage choice like anything else, supermarket, restaurant, anything, they'll base that on financial sure. value. Sure. They'll say, okay, that's physically more expensive to do than the other place, so I'll use the other place. Now, some people will still use a financial, you know, economical yeah. view, but they'll say, well, how much is my time worth yeah. to take it back if they do it wrong? Well, so the, there's another side to it, though. There's there's the financial bit, and then you, you juxtapose the financial. Do you like the people and trust well, the people? Well, obviously, so, we've spoke about that, so, haven't we? So I don't mind going the cheaper route, but I better like the people who are doing it cheaper. And if it's just cheaper for someone I don't like, yeah, you know, there's a whole relationship being built yeah, in, yeah. in the garage. And if I don't, if I if that relationship is sour, and, and look, I I, I I used to go to a different garage than PowerWorks, and I really liked the garage, and I liked. I liked Sam. Yeah, you know, that yeah. Was, so Sam was fixing fixing my vehicle, and then Sam went back to the dealer. Yeah, and they said, "Hey, you're not coming back anymore." It's like, look, I, I mean, I, I don't like you guys, but I really liked Sam. Yeah, yeah I went yeah. because of it. Sam. And we've said before, we said in the old radio days, if yeah. you have a garage that you trust the yeah. people, and then then stick with them, never change. And so suddenly, yeah, I'm going to stay, but it's going to be another group of people. I said, well, at that point, now I'm going to come over to you because I like you guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only am I getting good value, but I like the people and I can have a conversation with the people and it's, it's not just getting my car fixed. Yeah. There's a, there's a value associated with the quality that some people, because it's yeah. not physically written down in a number, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to yeah. justify and quantify as well. Yeah. So we would rather not be the most expensive, but also not be the cheapest and actually charge what we think is fair for the level of quality that is yeah. received now that's not to say we don't make mistakes because of course we do yeah. everybody does nobody's infallible to that and the motor trade is is a great example of you know sometimes there is some trial and error because yeah. sometimes you see something that you're scratching your head at because you've never seen it before yeah. I've, I've been in a I've been in a situation <laughs> in the UK where I've been two days into a, into a job chasing my tail on the car cannot for the life of me find the issue and then the other master tech comes over (laughs) and then 45 minutes later we fixed it because he had a fresh pair of eyes and he looked at it and said hang on what have you done okay this this and this okay and I'd clearly just in in visualising a step by step process missed something out yeah simple missed something out and actually would have had it fixed in the in the first day if I'd have if I'd have relaxed but yeah. you sometimes rush and and it's we're charging customers we, we we can only sell today's hours today right if i don't sell them today i can't sell them tomorrow yeah but if there's a set of brake pads on the shelf i can sell them today or tomorrow it makes no difference they're not going anywhere but the, the hours for today have disappeared but we're basically utilizing in terms of how many hours we sell in a day we're utilizing 30 percent of our time because we don't always charge enough time because things go wrong on cars which we can't yeah. account for and it's not our fault but nor is it the customer's fault so we have to maintain that fairness but at the same time it, it might take me 40 minutes to get a car in the garage because I've got to move others and finish them off first and the water goes off 
dealer gets cut because there's a leakage on it all the time in you know, yeah. right? <laughs> the French bakery place turn their ovens on and the power gets cut. You know, these things happen all the time. And we we get situations where we might be lifting all five ramps, yeah. taking five cars up at the yeah, same time and, 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 and you get a, a draw on the current and it trips everything out. So there's things that you can't account for. You're never going to be 100%, but we can only sell today's time today. Mm. And technicians are on a fixed salary for the month. So from their point of view, what we need to do, we can't incentivize them with any kind of bonus because what we don't want to do is make it, okay, well, if seven guys work really hard to achieve bonus and one guy potentially doesn't, then is it fair that that guy gets the bonus? Yeah. And likewise, if you do an individual bonus scheme, well, people are only going to want to do certain jobs. Nobody's going to want to do a diagnosis because that could take you all day and you're not potentially at the end of it. You get 20 during repair out of it. Right, yeah. So then you get selective and people not wanting to do certain work. I mean, I've been there, right? 20, yeah. 20 yeah, years yeah, yeah. in, I, I understand it. But <laughs> you have a customer that has been given a price that we have then got to stick to because they don't want to turn up and be 25, 30% more. Right. Five or 10%, it's an estimate at the end of the day is fine, but they don't want to be another thousand dirhams on top of the bill. So we've got a price that we've already fixed. We've got a technician that's earning a set amount of money and everything else in between that is literally paper thin. There's no margin for error on it. And what we have to do is incentivize the guys on quality and explain to them that you will be reviewed on the quality of your work. And if your work is to a great, good enough standard, I don't care if you repair 100 or one cars every month, if you have a, a, a quality on delivery above 90% and we'll give you an incre- increment on your, nice. on your salary. But it has to make sense because there's no good rushing workout to get the money in to then redo it all again right. next month. Yeah, and you know that's going to happen. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been fun. It's been fun getting back onto it. And, um, yeah, the Audi's sidetracked me a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> it drives nice when it's driving. Yeah, there we go. It drives yeah. nice when it's driving. That's yeah. the that's the word on an old car. Yeah, it drives nice when it's driving. Hey, I got an interesting one because I I found I I came across a link mm-hmm. talking about Teslas, and it could be talking about any car, but it's talking about a Tesla, and it's talking about this Tesla that was delivered quality control issues with different tires on the front and back. Mm. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. And that was part of the part of the issue that that hey this probably shouldn't have happened, and they you know and and although there there are times when you do put different tires on, but it got me thinking about a couple of cars that I've seen recently, and different tires. I've I've actually seen a couple of cars recently where it looks like they've had a blowout or something. And they've maybe got the spare on and they're running three tires and they're running a fourth that's different. Yeah. And, and that can never be good if they're doing it long term. And, and these vehicles look like they had no, it looked like they've been doing this for a while. And part of the giveaway was the tread wear. And I was, so, so the two things were happening. One, why you want to have at least two matching tires on each side, but preferably four matching tires with the same qualities for yep. the road and the same size of tires unless your vehicle sold like that. But, but the second side is tire wear and what tire wear tells you about what's going on with your suspension. So let's, let's start off with why you want to have the same size of tires. Basically you want to try and maintain the rolling radius equal around all four corners. Right. There we go. 
so that you don't have a situation where so if you take it if you take a, a, a wheel that was was um 15 inches mm-hmm. and you put a tire on there of a certain size if you put the same size tire on the following on the next side at 15 inches then the rolling radius is the same the 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 yeah. the, the circumference of the tire the distance that it's going to roll to do one revolution is the same so if you then change the size of the tyre, what will be affected then is the rolling radius, the circumference of the tyre. So one wheel is moving faster than the other wheel to do the same distance. Mm-hmm. Now, with differentials and transmissions, that's allowed because it needs to for when you're going around a corner. Right. One track of the corner is shorter than the other track of the corner, but they go at the same time, so yeah. one's gone faster than the other. That's what differential means. Now, eventually, though, it will wind up the differential or the transmission because it's it's constantly going there's too much load on one side and it will damage the internals of that mm. so if you have the wrong size tires in particular left to right you'll have a problem with with drive line somewhere along the line now on modern cars you would normally get a let's say prompt that there's something wrong by you'll have an abs fault okay. or you'll have a traction control fault sometimes you'll feel the brake pedal vibrating even when you're not pressing the brake and it's because it thinks that the brakes are locking because one side's moving faster than the other and the only computable answer for that for the for the brake control system is that well the brakes are locking up yeah that's or the traction control will think well one of the wheels is slipping yeah because it's moving faster than the other one it doesn't know the tires are different sizes now on some vehicles especially off-road and four by four and pickups and stuff you can calibrate the brake and transmission and everything else even the speedo for different size various different size tires so an f-150 is an example there's i think 16 18 there's 18 different sizes that you can that's extraordinary that you can pick through yeah tell the computer that's the tires it got and then it'll say ah, okay and then it knows what speeds to expect yeah for the abs wheel speed sensors once you've done that you shouldn't have a problem changing the sides, but still left to right should be the same. Now, front to rear is a different conversation because some vehicles are rear-wheel drive, so they'll have wider rear tyres. Some vehicles like the RS3s, Audis, will be what we call staggered where the front tyre is wider than the rear. And there's friction circles and everything else to consider when these things are designed by engineers. But left to right, the rolling radius is always going to be the same. There'll be a slight variation potentially front to rear. Slight variation potentially. We're not talking, you know, um, rocket drag cars where there's pinwheels on the front <laughs> and <laughs> massive oil barrel drums with tyres on the back. That, that, that doesn't happen. But there's always as close as can be front to rear as well. Yeah, but okay. it's not as critical as left to right. And what you'll find is people will... Wrangler's a great example. People will buy four nice, massive... BF Goodrich. Huge wheels and tyres. Coopers. Get some Coopers. I see a lot of Coopers. inches top to bottom, yeah? Yeah. But they don't change the spare. Yep. Then you get a flat. You put the spare on, and you just need to touch the floor. (laughs) Or worse, it does, and you drive on it, and then you have a problem with your transmission. Yeah. So... This is a common issue with people that have off-road cars, but don't put you a spare. You need to buy the fifth 
wheel. Yeah, and most of the time, the Wrangler is the example that we're using because it bolts to the back. Yeah, you can fit a bigger one on. Yeah, of course. But cars such as you just don't want to spend the extra money. I'm no, guilty of that. No, exactly. But cars such as Land Rovers, where the spare wheel is either inside or underneath. Oh, you're done for. And they don't fit a bigger wheel and tire combo. Yeah. Now, the fact that they're already quite big means that these have a, do have a problem because the spare will probably still fit on and the car will drive. Mm. You'll have all sorts of issues with your transmission, your brakes, traction control. Yeah. So it's a real, real critical importance that your tyres are the right size. Mm. Massive, massive issue. And now, Here's an interesting one. Okay, so I've got, I've got the same size tyres, but I've decided for whatever reason I need to replace one and I go for the same size but a different tread pattern. Does that really matter? Sometimes you'll notice something with the wheel, with the steering. Um, Left to right, again, if you get a tyre that is brand new, the tread depth will be eight millimetres. So including the top and the bottom, the whole radius of the tyre will Mm. be 1.6 centimetres bigger than the tyre that was worn out completely. Mm. Most tyres will go down to two millimetres here because it doesn't rain very often. Let's say three millimetres. You're then talking about a centimetre difference on your rolling radius left to right. Yeah, you're going to feel that eventually. And that will be noticeable. That will be picked up and you'll potentially get the ABS or traction control errors that we've just mentioned. So always try and change, if one fails on the left front, try and change the right front at the same time. Likewise on the rear. Um, Different tread patterns, it happens daily it's happening now in hundreds of tire shops around the country it's happening right now as we speak somebody's got a michelin on the front and they can't get the same tire in so they're putting a continental on the other side this happens because there's sometimes no option tires are after all invariably a distressed purchase unless somebody's modifying the car somebody's broken down with a flat tire or they've had a blowout or they failed the rta test or (laughs) whatever it may be yeah yeah Fair enough, they're just getting one done because they want to keep it cheap, but there's more to it than just a sale. It, 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 it's, a, it's, it's safe for you, it's more important for your safety on the road, but it's also very important for the safety of the vehicle in terms mm. of what it's causing otherwise. When I, when I see wear on the inside of the tread or on the outside of the tread, what, what do each of those wear patterns tell you going on with my suspension basically if it's just the tread that's wearing in and, and going bald and usually just on the ins- let's say the inside yeah, it's usually kind of- it's the toe okay so usually the 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 um if you if you imagine stood up feet shoulder width apart and you look down at your toes and they're pointing straight on if you turn your toes out or turn your toes in effectively the tires on the front of your car are angled okay so they're such rough. a way so if they're if they're too far out or too far in the tires will wear on one of the sides more than the other. So you probably need an alignment or something. Yeah. yeah. Or one of your, your arms is going. Yeah. I mean, the first thing to do is get this. So this is something else as well. So because of the we're, we're inundated with tire shops here, yeah. and most of them will offer alignment because they have to. Right. They have to do that to, to justify the warranty on their tires. Now, on a wheel alignment, the first thing that should be checked is tire pressure, then ride height. And then there should be some basic measurements taken across the track of the vehicle and the wheelbase yeah. of the vehicle to make sure it's all straight. Then you should check the condition of the suspension components, in particular the ones that are going to be adjusted, but not that's not exclusive of any others. Then you check the steering components. 
Then you do your initial measurement and then you start to do your adjustment. Okay. What tends to happen here is tyres on, put it on the machine, put the heads on for the sensing of the angles, turn the wheel left and right. It's green or red. If it's red, change it to green and drive the car off the ramp. And it's a bit like the conversation we've just been having about how people have got more value on their time than the quality of their work. Yeah. That's no good. It's not helped anybody because the machine says it's green doesn't mean the car's going to drive like that. Mm. The pressures probably weren't set right. The car wasn't loaded as it should have been. It probably got no fuel in it. It might have a boot full of luggage. It might not. Yeah, okay. There's no one sat in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes on. The list on. goes on. So you've got to you've got to make sure that a wheel alignment's done properly. Mm. And 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 a lot of people just adjust toe to get it to drive straight. But it feels like it's driving straight to the driver because the wheel's in the straight position and the car tracks in a straight line. Yeah. But it's actually not. And something's been overcompensated to allow that for, for that to happen and it's usually tow. There we go. Okay. Easy. Nice. Yeah. Mm. There's loads of other different ways on tires. You, you you get a lot of information from how a tire's wearing. Mm. There are... I mean, I'm sure we've all been past usually a taxi just because of the amount of kilometres they do. <laughs> you drive down the road and you'll Taxis see... Taxis and police cars. Yeah, yeah. But you'll see a taxi, you'll see like you'll see the back wheel just bouncing up and down oh, on, the, on the road. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the dampers are failing. I see a bunch of cars like that. Um, and today. you'll just get flat spots to like yeah. all the way around the tyre. And then when they're driving at a slower speed... But they must feel that, right? If you're in that cab or... You, or I've been in taxis and told the driver, <laughs> something wrong with these dampers, you need to get them sorted. You know, the tyres are noisy. This needs yeah. looking at. You're going to be off the road. Go and take it to your depot and get them to do it. Yeah. But, you know, that's... Yeah, they're going, they're looking. I got to get, I got to get more, more on my meter. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a difficult one, but unfortunately, as we stand at the moment, there is a massive rush for autonomous driving. Right. But there isn't a massive rush for autonomous vehicle health. So there's no nobody working on anything to tell the driver your tires are no good, mate. And yeah. you're not gonna, I'm not going to let you start the car, other than to drive you to a tire shop. Yeah, you can start the car one more time, and if the tires don't get changed, you're not starting it again. Yeah, with, with all the talk about artificial intelligence and all of the processors in our vehicles and all of the methods that are being used to surveil our surrounding, you're right. It's like, it's, it would be so easy for an AI system to constantly be learning about our tires and constantly you know have the ideal thing and then be able to measure it against that and say whoa hey you know what yeah, this is starting to go on this is starting to happen it would make so so much sense the, the autonom- just the starting of my car having the ai system autonomous driving requires every single car on the road to be autonomous otherwise yeah. it doesn't work yeah it cannot work if everyone's not autonomous right happen. so so I, I don't see how it can happen you know, we can't even agree on a country's borders at the minute. So how you can make everybody in your country drive an autonomous vehicle. Yeah. yeah. I, if, I, if I, How much is a Tesla going to be with full autonomy? Yeah. They're out of my price range now. Yeah. And, and, and I'm lucky enough to have a job. There are people out there in, in 25-year-old Nissans, mm. you know, that, 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 that can't, that can't buy them yeah. how can how can that work so technology and, and, and research is good for researchers sake sometimes of course and carry on with it it's great amazing fantastic if we make some private floating highways for all these autonomous vehicles no problem but surely something on a vehicle that will tell the driver 
you have an issue on your car, yeah. you need to take it for an inspection and I will let you start the car two more times, but after that you're locked out yeah. until it's fixed. Yeah. So you either take it to get fixed or not. Surely that's more valuable, right? And I'm, I I, I'm not computer science. I've got no idea how you would start with it, but it can't be far away. You would think not. That's a that's a great call. I think I think our interest in people's interests in the automotive industry are in just different places. I mean, there's a a New York Times article that I threw into our notes just talking about batteries, and yeah. it was it was just kind of a fun article, but it it talking about the research that's going on and because of the geopolitical context of our world yeah people are more and more thinking about the r&d that's going into these products and batteries because we've gone down this electric route are, are a huge issue and and this article is talking about battery research and it, as it should be but it also i love the at the very start it says the the u.s is already behind asia in manufacturing electric car batteries and there, so now we've got different countries racing to develop these new generation of batteries that are cheaper, can have more energy and charge faster. And just talking about all of the things that are going on with that. And it's, you know, we've got so many distractions yeah. that as we're looking forward, we're missing some of the innovation that could happen with what we're doing now in the present. VW have just agreed and greenlit a is it 2 billion euro plan for a new plant in Wolfsburg specifically for their electronic drivetrain yeah. and their new range of electronic vehicles. Now, that's an investment. It is a massive investment in it. And that's all amazing. And I'm yeah. sure it'll be fantastic. But what seems to be happening, although it's probably a bad example because VW and Tesla seem to be quite close because of their whole friendship between the two boards but everybody's going after it for themselves yeah and then leaving everybody else behind <laughs> that's what that, well, and, and they're going after it and they're they're everyone's doing it in a slightly different way it, it just sparks of the betamax vhs wars yeah. if you remember well, video mini discs and mini discs and everyone trying to do their own thing well why did vhs win out well because they licensed all the technology and there was a uniform technology yeah. mp3 phillips came up with the mp3 concept you know they, they yeah. built this technology they licensed it to the world and away we went. Yeah. And we had one uniform now. Was, was MP3, is MP3 the best? No, but they licensed it. It became a standard. Yeah. And this is where ultimately at some point we've got to go with our electric car infrastructure and electric car parts. We, get, we need manufacturers to be using the same stuff so yeah. that we can get A, economies of scale and, and we can get the pieces talking to each other. I think there's, I think there's a, a, a genuine situation here where the people making these decisions still don't necessarily think internal combustion is dead oh no i, I, I there's there's for sure they're, they're holding on to it because yeah it's i don't think the change is happening as quickly as people anticipated and they know that we can still make money out of internal combustion yeah. so we got to still we, we still need to be messing around with it yeah yeah, yeah there's and, a lot of life left in it i mean it's it's sad because but you, you know what might speed up the change though is what we have now the price at the pumps if i've got to go fill i mean i filled up i filled up the wrangler the other day first time ever i filled up the wrangler and, I, and my, my wrangler is a pretty thirsty thing i mean they're not aerodynamic and then i got the non-aerodynamic square box wrangler yes. without a roof on yes so the amount of drag i mean i'm as well ac pulling, on uh, yeah, of course i keep the ac on to keep my feet cold yeah. so you know I, I we're we're like just we're just drinking fuel yeah i i get up 
with the one that's slightly more fuel efficient because it has windows and a roof, I get to the pumps. It's 215 dirhams to fill up the tank. Now, look, I know that someone in Europe is going to say, James, you know, you're laughing. That's, that's cheap. Or back in Canada, even in the States, they're going to be saying, you know, you're, you're doing okay at, at 200 dirhams to fill up a tank. But to put it into context, I used to be able to fill up for under 100 dirhams. Ten years ago, I came here in May, May 2012, <laughs> and it was 130 at the yeah, pumps yeah. a litre. And yeah. now what are we, 260, 280? I don't know. Three something. Three something. I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked recently. All I know is that it's, and, you know, every petrol station here has the same price. So it's not like you, you shop to yeah, a petrol yeah, station yeah. you like, but you're going to pay the same price. So you're not, you're not going to buy yeah. a price. But I, I, you know, I literally sat there and looked at my wife and I said, you know what? It's almost time to start thinking about an economy car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wasn't joking. I was saying, we got two Wranglers. I think we're going to have to, I think really if this keeps up, I don't know what our longevity is, but if it keeps up, we need to get back to what we used to have. One four by four, because we would go out in the desert and you want to have something that's got a little bit more room. And the three cylinder economy bucket that we from drive, work. that would cost me nothing to fill up, nothing to yeah. repair. I mean, I told you my Syrian story till the day I got rid of it. I'd never change the brakes. I used to take it to AAA. You probably worked on it. I took it to AAA. Maybe a little bit before. Yeah, it would have been rushed here, though, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I took it to AAA, and I used to say to the mechanic, I said, dude, can, you know, this is four years old, this thing. Can, can you check the brakes? And he got like, I said, you still got life on the brakes. I go, it's four years old. And he goes, you mustn't use your brakes a lot. I said, and, and all that said to me with the Dihatsu was this car was the brakes were perfect for the weight. They're perfect for. Was it manual? No. Oh, it's even better. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Great so, effort. So I, and I, and to, when we sold it, we finally got rid of it because, you know, great opportunity to trade up to a, a Wrangler. It, it had never had, a, it never had the brakes done. It had other stuff done. Never had the yeah. brakes. Never yeah. had the brakes. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a big, there is a bit of a shift here or there was a bit of a shift here. You'd notice more smaller cars on the road than, than yeah. when I first came. I remember first coming here and being like, why is everybody driving a massive well, car? I'm, I'm looking out the window right now and there's a lot of small cars on the road yeah. right now. Yeah, but with Still the people. whole global trend of SUVs, yeah. you know, small isn't as small as it used to be. No, <laughs> yeah. Toyota Corolla is a big car now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. you're going to get something small. You really even, gotta... even like a even even the Golf, some Polos. Yeah, yeah, they're like, big. They're, they're big. The Yaris. I was looking at a Yaris yesterday, a Yaris sedan, and it was a newer one. I didn't even know they're still making Yaris's, mm. uh, and. And I'm going, that's a pretty big vehicle. Like, it's no longer you the... You get people in the back, no problem. Yeah. yeah. It's not a throwaway anymore. Oh, yeah. Wow, this is this has moved up in the world. Yeah, everything's getting a lot bigger there. But, you know, I mean, to, to the point of the batteries, it's... Well, batteries and fuel at this point. You need you need batteries, and, and this might be the provoking people to move electric, but fuel-wise, provoking people to go to smaller vehicles or provoking people to move to a part of the city, a part wherever they live, where they're closer to where they work, and they say, yeah, it's going to cost me more to live in the city. Yeah, it's going to cost you more. But you're not, now you're getting rid of your transportation costs. You're getting rid of your parking costs. You're getting rid of your repair costs. You're getting rid of your fuel costs. Now you're saving a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a... There's a lot to be done outside of just the kind of car you use in terms of city planning. Yeah. And also working from home. Yeah. So traffic in the morning and traffic in an evening, you, you, you 
I, I will go from doing 20 to the gallon in the Tuareg <laughs> to 30 to the gallon just because the kids are off school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my kids don't weigh 50 stone each. Yeah, yeah, like, no, it's, it's, it's the roundabouts, it's, it's the just, lights, it's There's the less start. traffic. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a 50% improvement. Yeah. 20 to the gallon to 30 to the gallon okay. on a drive to work. Yeah. Because there's no school traffic. Yeah. Different crazy. driving habits. Yeah, What's crazy. that? Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a genuine, uh, that is genuinely, I mean, we, we used to walk to school as kids. Yep. So I was there. You know, I never got a drive. I always wanted to get a drive. You know, rain or snow. <laughs> yep. Even better walking there. in the rain, like them, when it's not raining, because <laughs> you get 10 minutes to sit on the radiator when you get to school. You don't have to go to morning assembly. Great. But you, you know, you, you, we, we can't do that with 30 kilometers away from where they go yeah, to school so yeah. if, if, if they, where we can afford to live and all that stuff but you you can't and and you know then you think you okay i i could use an economy route and we could put the kids on a bus yeah can you i we can't, can't get to a bus station we can't get, the bus doesn't come to us get to the bus and it's so when you get if public transport you don't have the buses coming to you if you go with a school bus there's a there's a cost again and when you start adding in i don't know what it is five seven thousand dirhams a semester yeah to your transport fee, you know, you're looking at twenty thousand a year yeah. on top of your school fees. And yeah. Well, it's not affordable anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a genuine. The, the, I was quite positive about the whole shift to people working from home, but we've spoken in the past about education, and there's a lot to get from education through a screen over the yeah, internet, especially in impoverished I'm, places. But where it can be in person, it should be. Yeah. It's it, there's that there's that whole so, so, socializing side of it and 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 you know because I because I, I teach online and I teach in person and I much prefer teaching in person and and there there's a social contract in person yeah, whereas yeah. when it's online it, you know if you're teaching online and you're teaching in real time there's the, the contract's broken yeah, and, yeah exactly and yeah. I'm not getting I'm not getting the investment from the recipients. And getting them doing their part, and it's somehow they—it's like a TV show. It's just like, well, I'm just watching this. I'm yeah. just—I'm I'm not no engaging investment. with it. Yeah, there's yeah. no investment. There's no engagement. Yeah. Whereas when they're in front of you, you can stop and say, "What do you think? Get online, go and and look at things." And yeah. but also, you can read that person. Right. I can see where, and I can walk around, and Your I eyes can, are glazed over. You exactly. know, you notice that. But yeah. you know, all of this, all of this, is all pertinent to fuel economy. Yeah. And it's crazy, but it is, and. There are there's a lot more trouble in the world that that can be resolved, and things like this are just down to planning. And and it's and it's very very hard to to understand it. In in the UK where we have state education, there's no fee unless you want to pay for right. a kid to go to Hogwarts or whatever. <laughs> there's no fee for school, so you have a school in your village, you go to it. Yeah. Have a school in your town, you go to it. Just how it is, because the standard's pretty much going to be the same yeah, yeah. wherever you live. It's not. There is a bit of a postcode lottery, but not too much. But you, you, you go there, and because of that, everything kind of works a little bit more smoothly in the morning. You know, yeah, yeah. the roads are easier when the kids are off school because there's still kids on buses and there's still kids in cars. The parents take them, but in a, in a city like we live in in Dubai, it makes a huge difference to the way fuel's consumed, and 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 I think. Genuinely, at three dirhams a litre with fuel now, there will be a 
Yeah. You've got to be asking yeah. yourself a question. If you if you can get an electric vehicle, well, that's the I suppose that's <laughs> if you can get one. They're well, expensive. They can't but get them anyway. Electricity is not free, so a lot of these places, even now when there's a subsidy on on charging, you you still have to pay. And how is your electricity being generated? And yeah. that electricity in some parts of the world. It can be very, very costly. Yeah, yeah. So having an electric car suddenly is not affordable anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know it's it's it is a it is a difficult it's a, it's a conundrum that there isn't ever really going to be a solution to. I can't see that well, it, it would make sense. It to comes everyone. down to different types, and this was that article. Full circle back to the battery article, saying, you know, you you've got the big companies that were making batteries, and that they're the the tried and true. But we're now back in the wild west. Where we've got a lot of innovation happening, and looking at the chemical compositions of batteries. What can we change the chemicals so that they're self generating? Yeah. And all sorts of different ways of yeah. doing it. And as soon as we start doing that, well, we got a whole other situation. Of course, we create more problems because we've got disposal issues and et cetera, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But there's a lot of thinking going on. And as you said, there's a lot of possibilities of change. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be in the trades. <laughs> we didn't get to, and we're going to get to this next, we're going to talk lights and vehicle lighting. And it was it's interesting because I was behind a brand new Tuareg. And I was really disappointed in the rear lighting. So I, I really liked the rear light because it was bright. When they put on the yeah. brake lights, it was like blinding. Yeah. But I, I just thought it was, I, I, I just wanted a little bit more show with the lights. It's kind of weird, right, to want that. But the, the reason I bring up lighting is we've talked about lighting and it's like tires. It's something that we just forget about. And there, there was a recall in the U.S. with... Oh, the GMC one. With the GMC. Yeah, because, and we're talking not just one or two vehicles. We're talking a serious number of vehicles re- recalled because of the lights being too bright. <laughs> so we're going to talk about lighting next time. Sony and Honda teaming up. I think that's kind of cool. So it's going to be a rock and roll vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool's going to be in there. No, yeah. I don't think Deadpool's on Sony. So. <laughs> oh. Little Ryan Reynolds giving you directions. <laughs> no, well, you don't want that. <laughs> Definitely not. I, I I did see something the other day. I, I, do we know how old Arnold Schwarzenegger has got nothing to do with cars? You know how old Arnold Schwarzenegger is? Can you Google it? You uh, can Google it. Let's have a quick okay, look. So the reason I bring this up, and this is just on closing, we got to go. Is it's, it's it, it circles back to keeping your car running, get, getting it repaired. How old? Seventy four. Seventy four. So he was looking. He was looking seventy four then. His face is kind of melting a little bit. Yeah. Now, right. And and he still works out every day as he yeah. needs to, and and someone said to him, you know, you know, Arnold, do you still work? I'm not going to do my Arnold impersonation because it's bad. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, oh, of course I work out every day. He said, do you eat breakfast? Yeah. Do you eat breakfast every day? Yeah. Well, I work out every day. Do you skip breakfast once in a while? Yeah. So do I. I skip I skip working out once in a while, but otherwise I work out every day, as we all should. And yeah. you know, we need to regularly get our car serviced. That's that's the link here. That's it. You eat. You drink water. You drink coffee. Sometimes you change up the coffee. You still need to. You still follow Call a pattern. service. Come to PowerWorks. Yeah, come to PowerWorks. It's it's that simple. Glenn, as always, this has been a lot of fun. We covered a lot of territory. Loads of stuff. And, and I know folks often say, oh, so is this just like a random conversation? No, we had notes and we covered them all. We covered we a few notes today. Masterfully segued through them. There'll so. be an asterisk next to this podcast listing. Yeah, We absolutely. followed the notes. Hey, the other side is... The Sure folks loaned us some microphones. Where you, you're using an SM58, which is my tried and true mic. I'm using an SM7B. Just see the the dollar signs dropping <laughs> off of it. Five hundred dollars versus seventeen hundred dollars. But I gotta say, it's kind of fun talking to you on the Joe Rogan mic. Nice. Yeah. 
for you the listener do you hear much of a difference that's the question well well i suppose that's down to the uh, post show edit yeah well you know what maybe i'm gonna not do anything to it i'm just gonna leave it as it is as long as the intro wasn't recorded all right (laughs) the (laughs) pre-intro glenn thank you very much this has been a lot of fun powerworks garage that's where you find glenn i'm james pikeaway we're gonna do it all again really soon this has been you know what it is what is it powerworks the podcast podcast. (laughs) talk to you again soon thank you